Hello and welcome back to Simply Seria. It's been a while, but we are back. Happy New Year to you all, first of all, and a happy new year to my good friend and a fountain of Italian football knowledge, Mr. Vittorio Campanile, joining us live from Roma. How are you doing, Vittorio? Not bad, thanks, Harry. Happy New Year to you as well. And let's hope that it's going to be a, a nice year after, you know, the last one that has been quite complicated for all of us, I think. And, uh, you know, football has been massively affected. So we hope to get back to the stadium and uh, see some nice football to cheer us up. Yeah, agreed. Football is, is keeping me sane at the moment, Vittoria. I don't know about you, yeah. but... It's the only thing we've got going at the moment. You know, everything else is in lockdown. And you will know that in Italy, it's been just as bad as if not worse than it has been here in the UK. So we're struggling um, in both places at the moment. But as we say, football yeah. is our saviour at the moment. It's given us something to do. It's given us something to talk about and something to enjoy. Now, Simply Serie A is back and we're delighted to be back. It's been a while since we recorded the last episode, but we promise you this time, we're not going anywhere. Uh, due to work commitments, we had to put it on hold uh, previously, but we're back now. The show is going to be bigger and better than ever. And throughout the season, we're going to be joined by some fantastic guests. So uh, I would urge you, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Simply Seria on all major podcast stores. It is available everywhere. Follow us on Twitter at Simply Seria and we now have a YouTube channel. So if you haven't already, head over to the YouTube channel as well and uh, subscribe. I know some of you are currently watching us live via the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel, and we're going to be streaming the first three episodes through there so you guys can get a bit of a taster as well of what it is we're doing. And if you fancy coming over, then come over and subscribe to our channel here as well. Vittorio, let's kick off by discussing the early game yesterday, and that was Inter's uh, big victory over Crotone in uh, in San Siro. It was a comfortable win in the end for Antonio Conte's side. Um, but obviously they went a goal behind. They got pegged back when they went 2-1 up. And I, looking at it from the outside in, I'm no Inter fan, but it does feel like Inter always, Vittorio, do things the hard way. Definitely, definitely. Uh, honestly, after uh, Inter went ahead, I thought, OK, this match is over. Uh, Inter's going to win easily. Instead, Crotone find a way to, to find the equalizer. Um, honestly, I think Inter should be the team fighting for the Scudetto with Juventus. They are the biggest team. The, the, the squad depth is it's very good. But they find a way to complicate things. Uh, this season so far, they find a way to lose matches, to not win matches they should have been uh, able to win. So uh, Antonio Conte is struggling a little bit to find the right... Uh, formation. Some players like Vidal yesterday, the penalty he conceded was very silly, are not living up the expect as uh, Conte was expecting. Uh, Kolarov as well signed from Roma. He's not playing as expected. But I still think that Inter should be one of the teams that will fight till the end for the Scudetto. So, yes, Crotone, by the way, it's a good team. They play a great football. So, uh, it's not easy to beat them. And this shows you that, yes, Inter is not playing a great football. They are very good in complicated things, but they have the quality in the end to uh, pull out very important victories. So it's going to be a very strange season. We already saw it. I think if Inter fix a couple of things, they can really win the Scudetto this year. 
Antonio Conte likes to use experienced players, doesn't yeah. he? He's, he's always done that. You mentioned Arturo Vidal, somebody who came in. Uh, Ale- Alessandro Costa Curta, former Inter, uh, so, sorry, former Milan defender, of course, has, has come out and had a little bit of a go at, at Vidal. Uh, he says that he struggles physically. Is that just one of, like, Conte has to find the balance, doesn't he, between getting the physical attributes that he needs, but also having that experience that he so clearly craves. He doesn't trust in youngsters, does he, very no. much, Antonio Conte? Well, this this summer, Inter was supposed to be very close to sign Tonali, right? The One of the uh, youngsters more promising in Italian football. And instead, they went signing Arturo Vidal, who, to be honest, I, w- I watched him play in Barcelona, wasn't the Vidal a lot of Italian fan remembers as at Juventus. I think we saw the best of Vidal already. And uh, I, I know a lot of Inter fans are not very happy to see Inter signing Vidal instead of Tonali. Uh, so, yeah, this is Conte. And I don't know. I, I, I don't agree with the movement Conte made. Uh, Vidal is playing bad. Kolarov, it's, it's not a good defender anymore. Uh, when you had the chance to sign Tonali, yes. The thing is, Harry, uh, Vidal probably it's... Uh, the mentality to win now, right? Inter has to win the Scudetto now because they signed Vidal and Kolarov. Maybe with Vidal, maybe with Tonali, you have to give him time. So this means that maybe this year you weren't able to win the Scudetto, but probably in two years' time, you had a better player than Vidal because probably in two years' time, Vidal is going to retire while Tonali maybe is going to be in his top form. So I have to be honest, I don't agree with this decision. Said that, I think that Inter has, uh, you know, uh, Lautaro Martinez, that is probably one of the best uh, attackers in Serie A. Uh, Hakimi, you know, Inter has a very big squad, but I, I wouldn't go signing Vidal and Kolarov, to be honest with you. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned uh, Lautaro Martinez hat-trick yesterday uh, for him, so really, really proving his worth. And what will probably be interesting for Premier League fans out there is, the adaptation, I think, in, in Romelu Lukaku's game, I think he, he's become a bit of a provider now as well. And that's maybe something you couldn't say previously. He's settled really well at Inter, hasn't he? Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, again, uh, I didn't think he was as bad as we saw him playing with Manchester United. I don't think he's, as he said, what was it, last week, top five striker in the world. I think they're a better striker than him. But... We can say that he fits perfectly with uh, Antonio Conte tactics. He's become very useful. Still, he doesn't sign scores a lot in key matches, but he's vital for this team. And, you know, he's able to provide assists to Lautaro Martinez. He scores some goals. So, yes, uh, I think he's uh, he's doing everything right uh, at Inter. Still, I think Cristiano Ronaldo, Lewandowski and so on are better strikers than him. But yes, he's proving that Manchester United, again, (laughs) have made the wrong decision, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, That win over Crotone, 6-2 win, of course, took into top of Serie A, but just temporarily because Milan, who played uh, later on in the evening, they restored their place back at the top of the table with a 2-0 win at Benevento. Now, the host missed a penalty and Stefano Pioli's side had to cope for the best part of an hour with just 10 men. Um, Sort of moving away from this game specifically, for those that haven't necessarily been watching a great deal of Milan this season, 
What is different, in your opinion, Vittorio, about this Milan side? And do they have the capabilities of challenging right until the very end for the Scudetto? Well, that's the biggest question mark. Uh, what changed? I think Ibrahimovic, uh, we thought that he was too old, but he changed the mentality of this team. I think this is the biggest difference we saw. Uh, since Ibra came to AC Milan, uh, the club have completely changed. He's extra confident. Uh, he thinks he can win every single match. And now every single Milan players believe it. Um, players, the other players have feed from Ibrahimovic, confidence. Uh, and uh, now Milan maybe doesn't play very well, but knows that they have the chance to win every single match. And, uh, you know, you can say that they are lucky. They are not lucky. They simply believe they can win. And when you are so convinced that you can do it, you take every single chance and often you find a way to win when everybody thinks it's impossible. They didn't play great football. They, they were one man down, but they find a way to win. It wasn't pretty, but, you know, the team that win the Scudetto are the one that find every way to win um, a match. As I said, I think Inter and Juventus are the better team, but Milan is the most convincing team since now. Now, they are playing... Uh, not great football, but they believe they can win. And they're doing it without Ibrahimovic. We said, ah, oh, when Ibra is going to be injured, they're going to start losing. They're not. They're still winning. They're still getting points. Um, they lost a lot of players in, in the last month or so. Still, they're finding a way to win. Can they do it till the end? I'm not convinced. I think Milan is a little bit like Lazio last year. Lazio wasn't the best team, definitely. But they were <laughs> close to Juventus till the end. So, I think... Milan can can do it, especially if they sign a couple of players now in January. So yeah. that's the biggest question mark. If they're going to sign uh, important players this January, then definitely Milan can do it. And their recruitment has been quite good, hasn't it, Vittorio, in, in recent times? Um, something that you couldn't really say of them necessarily in previous seasons, but of late, they seem to have got their house in order in that regard. And they've they brought in some really good players. Ibrahimovic, a prime example, you know, somebody that... Not everybody would have taken a gamble on necessarily, given his age and, and stuff. But it's it's really worked out. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Teo is probably one of the best uh, uh, defender they have. They have plenty of young and talented players. That's one thing very important. Because if they don't achieve this year, the Scudetto, they don't win it this year, they have a very young team, except obviously Ibrahimovic. They have a very young and talented team, so they can improve next year, do better in two years' time, etc. So that's the very interesting point. And the other side is, I think Pioli has matured as well, the manager. I think he took all the mistakes he have made with Lazio, Fiorentina and Inter and have built up from that. And now he's a better manager. He's able to cope with all the problems that Milan had, because I said it. Uh, they lost Ibra for COVID-19. Now he's out for injury. They lost... A lot of players and still purely was able to find a way to put the best team on the field and win matches. So um, they're young, they're talented, they're young and they have a manager who's really improving a lot. So uh, I think Juventus is still better, but Juventus is struggling with Pirlo. So they are taking the chances, I think.
Yeah, agreed. And just a quick reminder to those of you watching us live right now across the various platforms, uh, be sure to hit the like button, uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, follow us at Simply Seria and follow Vittorio at Vittorio Camper. You'll find it in the description as well. I've already put it in there. Uh, so you guys will be able to follow uh, Vittorio and his excellent work. I can see some of you are putting some questions in the chat box. Uh, keep hold of those for a little bit longer and I'll come to you guys. Um, I'm just conscious of them disappearing in the live chat and then I can't find them later on. So hold fire on the questions and we will do a short question section at the end of this podcast. Vittorio, you, you mentioned Juventus. That leads me nicely on to Juventus, who, of course, uh, defeated Udinese um, yesterday. Uh, they won by four goals to one. Uh, Andrea Pirlo has come out and said this wasn't the best Juventus. Um, and I think we can all agree that it hasn't been the best Juventus all season, uh, necessarily. What are you making of Project Pirlo so far? How have you assessed his tenure up until now? Well, first of all, it was a huge surprise. I mean... I think nobody expected Juventus to sign Pirlo. Um, why do you think signed. they did, Vittorio? Why do you think they did? Is it finances? Is it why do you think they went down that route? Well, finances is probably one of the reasons. I think Andrea Agnelli wanted to do something special, something different. Uh, Pirlo was, uh, uh, you know, a great football player. They believe he's going to be a great manager. They signed him for the under twenty three team, and then when they sack. Sarri they decided to put him in the first squad. So that was a little bit of surprise. Maybe, maybe they didn't have uh, the money to go and sign a great manager. Maybe they're waiting for Guardiola. They were waiting for Guardiola and things didn't happen. Um, I think Pirlo made some mistakes in the season. He's a very young, young manager, so he needs time to improve. At the same time, this Juventus team is has a lot of talent, but, for example, they don't have another number nine if Morata is injured. And yet, yesterday, Morata uh, wasn't fit. He didn't He didn't play. So uh, they have some players uh, like Rabiot who maybe is overrated. So uh, it's not easy. The manager has to improve and the player has to understand what Pirlo wants. Again, yesterday, they didn't play great football, but they won. And... Yes, they lost badly against Fiorentina. There's going to be up and down this season uh, for various reasons. One for the manager who hasn't got the experience. The other one is for the players. But So that's why Milan has a big chance this season. Uh, but I think they are sl slowly improving match after match. So it's going to be <laughs> interesting because will be Pirlo able to win the Scudetto this year? I think that he has the best team. And they have Cristiano Ronaldo, who's a difference maker, even if he's getting older. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 exciting. It's curious to see how Pirlo performs. Yeah, and, and what it does do is it's blown the Serie A race wide open, hasn't it? Which is a good thing because Juventus' dominance has been something that those who don't necessarily follow Serie A have, have thrown at it as a bit of a criticism. You know, Juve's dominance makes it boring, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I hear that all the time whenever I have any discussions about Serie A with people. And it would be nice, wouldn't it, to have a season where somebody else uh, wins the Scudetto and it just kind of, you know, re resets the whole league and, and the whole balance of things. But I think you're right. I think Juve are, are slowly improving under... Um, under Andrea Pirlo. The, the problem is with teams like Inter um, and Milan, and, and we're going to come on to talk about Lazio in a bit, and, and Napoli, 
everybody seems to have these periods, don't they, over the course of the season, apart from Juventus, where they're a sustained period of, of, of downturn. Juventus do have them, but they seem to be shorter than everybody else's, or at least they have been in recent seasons. And that's ultimately uh, made a difference. Let's uh, let's discuss uh, Lazio a little bit. Um, your team, Vittorio, I know you're a big Lazio man. Um, how can people check out the Lazio Lounge, by the way? Let them know how they can uh, go over there and check it out. Well, yeah, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, uh, search for Lazio Lounge. We are also on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, Lazio Lounge. You can find it there on Twitter, same thing. So, yeah, if you want more about Lazio, unfortunately, this season is not going very well. But, you know, if you want more info about Minko Savic, who has been linked with various Premier League clubs, uh, you can check it out. Great stuff. Please do that. Uh, Lazio, of course, stumbled again this weekend uh, at Genoa. Uh, they took the, the lead through a Chiro Immobile penalty, but they were pegged back by Destro's goal uh, around about the hour mark. That leaves Lazio currently in ninth place in Serie A. They're six points uh, behind Napoli, who are currently in fourth. What's going on this season, Vittorio? You know, it's you mentioned earlier on in the programme, Lazio were very close to, to keeping the pace with Juventus last season. They did really, really well. All of a sudden, it feels a little bit like they've fallen off the wayside. Is it uh, is it down to Simone Inzaghi? Is it down to the group of players? What, what do you put this dip in form down to? I think it's the mentality. The players have achieved a big result, reaching the Champions League. They qualify for, to the group stage. They, they beat Borussia Dortmund. Now they're going to play against Borussia, uh, Bayern Munich. It's going to be very, very tough. But I think in, in uh, the Serie A, they have relaxed a little bit. And we have to say that the competition in the last two years have improved a lot. Even the small teams are playing great football, like Crotone, Benevento, and so on. And uh, this is the reason why Lazio is losing points. Uh, the target is to go back to the Champions League. I think it's going to be very complicated because Napoli is playing much better. Roma is a big surprise for me. Atalanta is still playing amazing football. So I think uh, this gap is it's worrying because I don't know if Lazio is going to be able to recover these points if you drop points against, Atal uh, against Genoa, who's struggling. He's fighting for relegation. Then... It's going to be really complicated. Still, I think Lazio has amazing players like Milinko Istavic, Luis Alberto. But except Chiro Mobile, they're not playing at their level. And this is one of the reasons why Lazio is struggling this year. There's been a bit of talk about Simone Inzaghi's future. I read something a few days ago. He says that there's no problem with the contract talks. Um, do you see him staying on for the long term still at Lazio? And do, and do you want him to stay on? Or do you think maybe if, if this season... It does prove to be a little bit of a struggle. Maybe a change in, and a freshen up at, at the Olimpico would be a good thing. Well, uh, he should have signed the new contract this summer and it didn't happen. So there's something going on. But I was quite surprised to hear Simone Inzaghi saying in the press conference before the match, saying there's not going to be any problem. We're going to sign the new contract soon. So I believe he's going to stay. I thought this summer when uh, Sari has, uh, was sacked by Juventus, that he could go there. There have been rumours that he could uh, go to Juventus, rumours that he could uh, be the next Inter manager if Conte fails to, to win the Scudetto. Let's not forget that Inter is out of the Champions League. This is a big disappointment for the club. So there were rumours that Simone Inzaghi could go to Inter Milan. So 
I'm a little bit surprised he's finding he said this that he's gonna stay. Um, I don't think this poor performance is due to Simon Inzaghi, even though he should try and change something. But uh, I think it's more due to the players. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Uh, let's talk about your local rivals, a club that I can imagine you have. Uh, not got a lot of uh, time for, but uh, Roma, um, they're continuing their pursuit of a Champions League place. It was a, a Edin Dzeko goal from uh, close range uh, that eventually broke down Sampdoria. Roma are going pretty well this season, aren't they? They've been uh, pretty solid. When I watch Roma, I don't always think that they're particularly good to watch. Maybe I've just caught them on the wrong days, but they're, they're being very efficient so far. They've got 30 points on the board um, in 15 games, so they're averaging two points a game, just six points behind Inter in second. Um, are you convinced that Roma can maintain their charge for a Champions League place this year? Well, your friend Mikitarian is playing great football, and that's one. I was going to ask you about that. Go ahead. <laughs> that's one of the secrets of Roma. Um, Roma has three very experienced and good players in front. They have Zeko, they have Pedro, and they have Mikitarian. Those three players are making a big difference. And those are the secret of Roma this year. That's why Roma is playing so well. Zeko is scoring, Mikitarian is scoring and creating a lot of chances. Pedro um, is playing great football. So I think Roma, if we don't talk about AC Milan, it, it's another big surprise because I didn't expect it to play that well. And they're going to fight for the last spot for the Champions League, I believe, till the end of the year. Now, they, they should have beat Juventus at the beginning of the season. They lost two points there badly. Uh, they've been dominated by Napoli. And they, they, they struggle against AC Milan. But apart from these three matches, Roma played great football. So the question mark is how they're going to perform when those three players are not going to be able to play. Because we're talking about... Uh, players that have passed the 30 and uh, you know you can imagine that they're not going to be able to play all season long especially this season where you're playing every three days yeah. so that's that's the question mark but I think they, they have been very good in building the, the club the team this year they have a problem with the goalkeeper both Mirante and Paul Lopez are not convincing but I think they have been very smart in building the team and uh, definitely seeing Lazio performing so bad, I think they have a shot to to got, get back finally to the Champions League spot. It's going to be exciting because I think there's Napoli, Atalanta, Lazio, Roma, all fighting for the for that last spot. So that's going to be, I think, very interesting. And it's going to be decided in the last couple of matches of the season, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we're in for a real treat this season. Um, you mentioned Henrik Mkhitaryan there, and he's obviously a player who uh, spent some time at my club, Arsenal, didn't necessarily uh, perform all the time. Showed glimpses, showed um, signs of, of what a good player he could be. I was one of the people that sort of noticed his, his good performances in Serie A a little while back and constantly made the point on Twitter that, you know, actually... Is he worse than some of the options that Arsenal were currently turning to? And I was getting dogs abuse from Arsenal fans who were saying yeah. to me, you're crazy, what are you talking about? Um, but Mikitarian has, as you said, Vittorio, really shown his worth at Roma and it looks like he's finally found a home again. Definitely, definitely. You know, sometimes uh, you're not the perfect fit in one club. You change club and you're, you're back again to your top form. Uh, Mikitarian was a great player. Uh, he didn't show us 
all his talent uh, at, at Arsenal. Here in Roma, first year he wasn't that great. He had to adapt to a different type of football. But I think Fonseca is using him the right way. He's giving confidence. He feels the trust of the club. And, uh, you know, playing close to Zeko, it's it's making things much easier, I think, for him. So he has space because, obviously, the other teams are marking Edin Zeko more. So he has space and he's showing his talent. And, um, yeah, to be honest, after seeing him play at Arsenal, I was surprised to see him playing like that. But he's one of the reasons why Roma is playing so well. So uh, let's see if he's able to keep it up all season long because let's not forget it's going to be a very long season playing uh, every three days let's not forget that Roma is in the Europe League and it's hard but I think Roma has a chance to win the Europe League if they keep playing like that so uh, I would be shocked if they give up the Europe League competition because they have a, a chance to win something yeah, for sure. sure. And, and and just to quickly back up the point uh, on Mkhitaryan, 15 appearances in Serie A this season, seven goals, six assists. And in the Europa League, he's got one goal and two assists in just five appearances. So he's certainly been very consistent and his outputs have been very, very impressive this season. So uh, credit where credit is due, Henrik Mkhitaryan seems to have uh, turned his career back around. And, and you know, as even as an Arsenal fan, I know he played for Manchester United and it didn't really work out at the Emirates Stadium. But I'm glad to see Mkhitaryan doing well again because he is a player with undoubted talent. And, you know, there's no hard feelings here. I'm, I'm delighted to see him. Uh, probably more delighted than you, Vittorio, being a Lazio <laughs> to see him. Uh, well, well there, are, there are so many Manchester United players that are doing well in Serie A. Smalling, he's playing for Roma and... Maybe last year he was playing better. Now he, he got some injury that didn't allow him to uh, play as well as he did last year. But he's one of the key players of this Roma team. Alexis Sanchez, he's not playing a lot because obviously with the Lautaro Martinez and Lukaku in front, he doesn't get that much time. But when he has the chance, he's performing at good level. Uh, he did an interview a couple of weeks ago saying that he... <laughs> He didn't fight the right fit at, at United and in Inter is completely different. So, you know, <laughs> United fans, I don't know if they're very happy seeing all these <laughs> former United players playing so well. You know, let's not forget Lukaku as well. So, uh, yes, sometimes you change country and uh, you find the right confidence, you find the right rhythm uh, and you start playing great football. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Sometimes players and clubs just don't fit. And uh, that just going over to some of the live questions, uh, Selgeus asks how Alexis Sanchez is doing since leaving the Premier League. Uh, Vittorio has covered that. But of course, thank you uh, for your question. It is very much appreciated. Um, just the kind of final team we're going to touch on in a little bit of detail this week, Vittorio, is Napoli. Um, a convincing win at Cagliari. Um fourth in the division at the moment, doing pretty well, going pretty well. Um, of course, after Carlo Ancelotti left, uh, Gattuso took over. I, I, I was always very much, you know, and we'd had discussions about this, I think, in, in the past on this yep. show. We talked about Gattuso. Is he quite a top, is he quite the top level of manager? He's a good motivator. He's got all of that, the passion, the fight. But are you starting to be convinced a little bit more now by Gennaro Gattuso after seeing a little bit more of him and now at a different club as well? No, I think I stick with my opinion <laughs> of last year. I mean, he was very good when Napoli was really struggling. Last year was 
um, not only in bad form, but bad position in the league, he was able to immediately improve the team and get it back to Europe League level. Uh, this year, they started really well. I thought a couple of months ago, with Juventus struggling, with Inter struggling, I thought, you know, this could be the year of Napoli. Uh, instead, they start losing matches. They lost against Lazio. They didn't play great football in a couple of matches. And then you go and see the team. They have hell of great players. Insigne, Mertens. Uh, really, Napoli has a lot of talent. And you wonder why this team, with a lot of talent, is not able to play great football. And I think this is due to uh, Gennaro Gattuso. He's a great motivator, but he's not a great manager. Napoli cannot play great football. And this is due to the manager, I think. So, And I believe that a lot of Napoli fans are realizing that. That Gattuso is probably a Europe League level manager. He get, can get you there. But Napoli deserved to fight for the Champions League, maybe to the Scudetto. And so he's not the right manager for that. And he showed it at AC Milan and in other clubs. So um, he did a great job in recovering Napoli when they were struggling last year. But this year, when you need something more, he's proving that he, he, doesn't got, he hasn't got that. So... Yeah, um, and that's what that's what motivators do, isn't it? They come in, they pick up the the yep. attitude, they pick up the spirits, and that gets you only so far, though, doesn't it? After that, you need to have a little bit more about you in order to go on and progress, and in order to become uh, what you need that side to be. And and I agree with you on Gattuso. I think um, he's got all the passion in the world, all the fight in the world. He's a great motivator, and and you only have to look back at his days as a player to understand that. But um, in terms of, of tactically, in terms of maybe um, sort of going that extra mile, I'm not not necessarily sure that Gattuso is cut out for top, top level management. And as you say, Napoli, full of talent, um, a side that have been up there or thereabouts in Serie A for a few years now, they need to be uh, pushing on that a little bit further. They should be able to play great football. Instead, you see the team and they struggle to play. I mean, you have Insigne, a lot of quality, even in the midfield. I think Napoli has one of the best midfield in Serie A. And still, they struggle to, to play great football, to move the ball fast enough to create chances. So, And you wonder, is it the players? No, the players are there. I think the manager is not able to, to find, uh, to build a great football, you know, uh, a, a plan to give the team an identity. Uh, Napoli has passed from Maurizio Sarri, that probably was too uh, offensive-minded manager. But, I mean, when, when that Napoli was playing, it was amazing to see to a Napoli that has a lot of talent, maybe even more than, than that team, but is struggling to, to show it. Yeah, no, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, that brings us towards the end of uh, this week's show, our first show back. Uh, don't forget, like, subscribe, review. You know the drill by now. Um, just one final question uh, that I'm going to put to you, Vittorio. What's the kind of uh, general feeling? Um, and this is a listener question, by the way. What's the kind of general feeling in Italy now about um, Serie A being affected by the coronavirus? Is there a uh, a worry that Serie A might stop again. I know here in the UK there have been rumours that perhaps a, a break may be enforced, uh, just a short one to try and stop it because we're, we've we lost a number of matches here in the yeah. UK in the top flight in recent weeks due to test results. Is there that worry in Serie A? What's the general feeling in, in Rome where you are now? No, luckily no, because uh, uh, 
there haven't been these big problems. Now, there is Juventus-Napoli, that is the match that has to be recovered. Uh, And this is a huge problem because it's going to be quite complicated. Both teams are playing in Europe and uh, they play every three days. So they really don't know when they're going to be able to to play this match. But at the moment, the situation, at least in Serie A, in the lower leagues, there have been some match postponed and this is going to be complicated. But no, at the moment, things are fine. Now, the biggest problem is the uh, economical side, right? Because big teams, but even small teams, are losing a lot of money. Uh, still, no fans at the stadium, none. So they did they're losing bring some back, though, didn't they? They did bring at the them beginning back. of the season. At yep. the beginning of the season, but they stopped pretty much immediately. So clubs are losing uh, the 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 match day revenue. That is not only tickets, but it's merchandising. You know, you go to the match, you buy the scarf, the shirt, etc. So we are seeing a lot of clubs closing the annual revenue in in a financial problem so this is going to affect the the winter transfer market definitely they're talking about uh, loans not big clubs able to buy players and uh, so this is going to be important because if the situation will continue to the end of the season then we're going to see big clubs struggling and forced to sell players but luckily the season should go on they're not talking about uh, stopping the league they're talking about when fans will be able to attend matches yeah. but i don't know maybe we are talking about february i think not not earlier than that not earlier than that yeah but th- that's the the thing isn't it is that if the league can continue um that is obviously progress and and you know as i said here in in england there are concerns around whether there there should be a break or not there's been a bit of discussion about it in the last few days and and we're going to have to wait and see how it goes but it feels like you know, the way that games are being postponed right now, we're probably in the last three or four match weeks, we've probably had one every time, um, yeah, which, sure. is, which is a bit of a worry. Um, let's just quickly wrap up the results uh, from week 15 in Serie A. Uh, Atalanta 5, Sassuolo 1, Benevento 0, Milan 2, Cagliari 1, Napoli 4, Fiorentina 0, Bologna 0, Genoa 1, Lazio 1. Inter 6, Crotone 2, Juventus 4, Udinese 1, Parma 0, Torino 3, Roma 1, Sampdoria 0 and Spezia 0, Verona 1. So that concludes the results uh, from week 15 in Serie A. We're going to be back next week with another show. My thanks uh, to Vittorio Campanile once again. Get over there and follow him at Vittorio Campa. You'll find it in the description. Um, Vittorio, thank you so much, mate, and uh, stay safe. My pleasure to joining you. And yes, stay safe, you too. Thank you very much. Thank you to every single one of you who's joined us. Don't forget, hit the like button, subscribe, leave us a review. You know the drill by now. We'll be back next week with more Serie A Talk. Until then, take care. All the best. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free.
That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.